Kia ora tato. In this episode of Alexander Dumas, we turn our attention to Frank Reed's Dumas Collection, which is held in the Heritage Collections of Auckland Libraries. Now, it's the most significant Dumas collection outside France, and to quote his biographer Donald Kerr, through his contacts with a small number of overseas booksellers, purchases made from dealer catalogues, and the generosity of a few friends, he was able to amass one of the largest collections of books and manuscripts by and about Dumas outside Paris. More outstanding than that is he never left Whangarei. Kia ora, I'm Honui Royal, and I'm joined today by Kate de Courcy, who was the manuscript librarian spent many years working with the Reed Dumas collection. Kia ora, Kate. What an incredible achievement by Frank Reed. It really was a, a labour of love. It was. It was a lifetime's work and a lifetime's passion. So, yeah. With people who may not be familiar with the collection, how would you describe this collection that's housed in the Heritage Collections at Auckland Library? The first thing that strikes you is just the sheer volume of material. It is enormous, yes. It runs to about 3,350 volumes and about 2,000 sheets of Dumas' own manuscript, his handwriting, so um, novels, journalism and some of his plays actually in his own hand. So that's as close as we get to Dudemar, and a few letters and so on. But it covers, the printed volumes cover the whole range of his work. There's poetry, plays, novels, travel writing, journalism, autobiography, history, the words for songs, and his cookbook, um, which is a very large tome, and also tells you how to cook an elephant's foot, which isn't particularly politically correct nowadays. But there's 20 pages on lobsters as well, so that's quite good. But apart from that, there's portraits of Dumas. There's a whole series of them, including a very lovely pencil sketch of him as a young man by the Comte d'Orsay. There's the originals of some of his plays and these novels and journalism. There's a collected edition of his works. This was put out by uh, Kalman Levy under various... Um, over about 20 years, and that takes up seven shelves alone, all bound exactly the same. But the collection's also about Dumas and about his life. Um, there are contemporary writers like Balzac and Victor Hugo, books about French history, books about Paris, and there's a beautiful set of maps made between 1805 and 1815. They were by Cassini, and they were a royal commission, which then com- carried on by under the empire, under Napoleon. Um, also, there's film posters, and then there's a source material that Dumas used as background material for some of his novels. So there's one called The Memoir de Monsieur d'Artagnan, which was printed, I think, in the 1600s. I didn't check the date. Uh, and that was what... You know, his, one of his starting points for the Three Musketeers. There's also Reed's research. Frank Reed did an enormous amount of research into Dumas. He made a lot of notes, indexes to his collection, and his documentation um, is sizable. He did a lot of translation as well, so that is also a considerable part of the collection too. It's got many, many depths. It's, it's a great collection. So let's go back to the beginning now. I understand he is a schoolboy, he's around 12 years old. Frank gets the, his very first book, which was a gift, The Queen's Necklace, and it started from there, didn't it? Yes, that's right. Actually, he had given a friend ninepence to go and buy him a book, so it was sort of a gift. The friend chose the book, and it was The Queen's Necklace, and that's one of the novels around Marie Antoinette. It was a Routledge Railway edition, so it was a cheap 
one before the days of paperbacks it was probably a hardback but very mm. abridged and in a translation so it was an English version cut down of the original novel and however this had him hooked and he actually said there at last was history and fiction because it's so very based on French history and he kept on looking he looked for further work by Dumas um, he would write to booksellers in Auckland or elsewhere in New Zealand to see if they had some they would he would try and track them down through sort of notes and introductions to works and then there was a centennial of uh, Dumas birth in 1902 and that suddenly made him far more aware of lots and lots of other work so he just kept on going what, what was his family background now we know uh, his brother A.H. Reid, a very famous figure in New Zealand, publishing, a mm. uh, very well-known person. Were they a literary family, the Reeds? Um, literary, they, they were well-educated and they read a lot. I mean, in the, Frank was born in 1874, and at that time, you know, a major source of information and was print. There was no radio, no TV, no podcast, no internet, no anything that we think is automatic today. So that was the way that people read, and the Reeds were a very much a book-loving family. A.H. did say that his older brother, Frank, was the brainiest of them, there were four of them. But as a household, they read Fenimore Cooper, Harrison Ainsworth, and Sir Walter Scott, who are readers that we don't probably read an awful lot today. Walter Scott, possibly. And you could see how the historical fiction of Dumas sort of fitted into this, this pattern. Actually, A.H. Reed was also a collector. I mean, he was a book publisher. He founded the firm of Reeds, A.H. Reed. But he collected Bibles. He was quite religious. So he collected Bibles, medieval manuscripts, and autograph letters. So that's letters written by famous people that have got a signature on them. He, in his collection, is now in Dunedin Public Library. A.H. also made an album of portraits. He made three of them. It was a large, large format album which had a portrait of a pers- famous person in it, a autograph letter by them, and A.H.'s description of who that person was and why they were famous, all in this beautiful calligraphy that he did. And he made one for Auckland, one for Whangarei, and one for Dunedin Libraries. The Whangarei one is now at the Alexander Turnbull Library. They transferred it there. And following on from that, um, when Frank translated the plays of Dumas into English, which he did, um, and he ha- he they turned out as typescripts and he had them bound into very handsome volumes. A.H. Reed drew the title pages for them, again using his beautiful calligraphy, and he often decorated them as well with New Zealand iconic emblems like Pahutakawa blossoms or kofi flowers or nikau palms. So there is a strange juxtaposition of uh, New Zealand with plays translated in New Zealand from the French, etc., etc. So it's, sort of, it's, it's a nice, it's just strange to think about. Now you talked about translating from French. Um, now Reed had to learn to speak French, obviously, and um, he's, he developed throughout his career, doesn't he, facilitating yes. the French language. Yeah, yes. And I believe he um, translated works that hadn't been translated. Yes, that's right. As he discovered that there were more and more works by Dumas that he hadn't come across anywhere, but he found references to them. Um, He sort of had to do something about it. He didn't speak French or read French, but after the 1902 centenary, he discovered that the best bibliography, so that's a bibliography being a list of works by a person in depth and detail, um, the only one that was available was in French. 
So he sat down, put everything aside for a year. I mean, he was still working, but he put everything, all his other recreational reading aside and start, started to teach himself French. And he was 41. This was in 1919. It took him 16 hours a week, and it took him a year, and he got it done. And then he went on to look at the plays. And at that time, there were 66 known plays. that have been more discovered more recently. And he translated them because none of them were available in English. So he, from that there came 20,000 pages of typescript. And each page had to be put through the typewriter twice because you had read for the name of the characters or the, you know, like the Act 1, Scene 1 and the introductions to the scenes and so on. So he would sit there and put each lot through the typewriter twice and everything is immaculately done. And this was an absolutely remarkable feat. And he went on to translate other things as well. And his vast knowledge of Dumas' writing came together in a bibliography, which was published in 1933 in London. And for many, many years, I'm not sure about the last 10 years, but for a long time, that was the standard bio bibliography. There was one also by a guy called Munro, but between the two of them, they covered slightly different things. And what is really nice is the French government honored him twice in recognition of his services you know, to French literature and Dumas' work, which was wonderful. They had to trot up to Whangarei to give him his presentation. <laughs> now, just want to um, talk a bit about here about the challenges of amassing a, an enormous collection like that. And in an era now where we can Zoom people instantaneously across the world, talk to them with text and email, can you tell us a bit about what were the challenges that Frank, given the fact that he, as we say, lived in Whangarei, mm. thousands of miles away from where these books uh, were, could be purchased? Yeah. Well, he did everything by correspondence. I mean, I mentioned before that he used to talk to booksellers in Auckland. He would write to them. All done by mail, handwritten mail or possibly typewritten letters. Um, and then he expanded his horizons to dealers in England. Mag's brothers are still going. They've been rare book dealers for nigh on 200 years, and they're, they're still going. But a father and daughter dealership called Howard and Dorothy Knott, and they actually said that they were dotty about Dumas, and they really were. And it became a correspondence over 35 years with them finding things for him, possibly slipping a little extra something into the package, which probably came by surface mail, by sea mail, on a boat. Uh, we don't do this now, it stopped a few years ago, but uh, it was all done by mail correspondence. How he paid for things I don't know, I imagine there would have to be some sort of arrangement made. And there was a limited amount of currency at times that you could export from New Zealand, so there was those issues as well. The other major source of, of, his, collection, of his collecting was a man called Robert Singleton Garnett. He was from a very literary family in London. And he was a Dumas translator and collector and general bibliophile. And Reed wrote to him, he discovered an introduction that Garnett had written to a translation, wrote to him, and this started off a correspondence that continued till Garnett's death in 1932. And it became a sort of family affair too. Reed sent Garnett milk and butter because one of his daughters suffered from an, an illness that required you know, really good food. And so these bundles to Britain would go over. 
And in the end, uh, Garnett bequeathed his collection to Frank Reed. So it got packaged up after his death in 1932 and came out to New Zealand. And in all his books, there's a book plate that says R.S. Garnett. And then there's another little one that says um, something like Reed Dumas Collection at the bottom of it. It's rather nice. Provenance is interesting. And being as meticulous as he was, Reed bound all their correspondence into four very large volumes with photographs and all sorts of things. So it's a wonderful record of a literary friend, bibliographic friendship. So um, the Frank Reed, the collector here, um, obviously there's a few clues. He's a man who, you know, borders on the obsessive in mm. terms of collating. Mm. So could really be stoic character. What do we what do we know about him as personality, and I, I think we, we owe obviously a bit to Donald Kerr, who was his biographer. Yes, yeah. Donald wrote, was the rare books librarian or printed books librarian in special collections for a number of years and did a master's thesis on Reed as a collector. He also did a, a PhD thesis on Sir George Grey as a collector and has carried on in that vein, that's what interests him. Um, but Reed himself also wrote his own autobiography called The Trail of an Alexandrian. Alexander Dumas? Yeah. He was actually a pharmacist in Whangarei, and that was his, you know, it was a big job, it was a significant one. He had a bookshop on the side of the, as part of the pharmacy, I gather. He was very involved with church matters and also with his family, um, but Dumas was his passion. So you know, I think being a pharmacist requires a certain degree of meticulousness and care. You can't over-prescribe pills, etc., and that carried through to his Dumas work also. I, I read somewhere that he would take two years off, two weeks off each year on holiday. I mean, he worked on his collection at the end of every day. When the day's work was done, everything else was dealt with. He would sit in his study, which was lined with shelves specially designed to house the collection, and he would sit there at his typewriter or writing away by hand, working on notes or translations or whatever. When they went on holiday each year, apparently he would sit under a pahutakawa tree in the morning, typing his transcripts or translations, and in the afternoon he was available for his family. So that shows a degree of sort of management of your life, I think I would say. Yeah. So, so how have Auckland libraries become the sort of beneficiary of this fantastic collection? How did that come about? Well, um, Reid was, I think, quite concerned that he'd built up this quite remarkable collection and he didn't want it to be dispersed after his death. He was prepared to, um, for it to be kept together. He didn't want financial gain from it. But also, Whangarei probably wasn't the right place to house it. I'm not sure where their library was at the time or how big it was, but he, he was concerned. And I think possibly through his brother, A.H., he knew John Barr, who was a city librarian at the time. John Barr was a remarkable man. He was not only city librarian, but also director of the art gallery, because they were both in the one building on the corner of Wellesley Street, where the art gallery is now. So John Barr helped him with a way of organizing the collection. Uh, he modified a version of the Dewey Decimal System, and that is the way the collection is classified now. And he also had his own little card catalogue also, and John Barr helped him with advice about that. And then I think he was also instrumental in the decision was made that the his collection would come to Auckland, and Auckland Council signed an agreement in 1926 with Frank Reed, whereby the collection was donated to Auckland City. 
it could not be disposed of, added to, or have items removed from it. Um, and it remained with Frank Reed until his death, so he could keep on working on it, which was, it worked, worked fine. So in 1953, Frank Reed died. Three months later, the collection came to Auckland, and it's now housed in special collections on the second floor of the Central Library, and anybody can access it. Since then, there's been, we, we still do, the library has bought some books, not to add to the collection, because it can't, but if there's research published based on the collection or of relevance to the collection, or say for example a beautifully illustrated edition of The Three Musketeers by a modern artist, those will be added, but they're in the general collections, not as part of the Reed Dumas collection. And also the library has digitised many of the manuscripts, so they are now fully accessible on the internet, which is really, I think Reed would have been thrilled by that. How did it come about that you, you came, became involved with the collection itself? And I understand there was a, a, cat, a very lengthy job cataloguing the collection. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, I'd worked as a cataloguer in the library before I moved to Special Collections in 1996 as a manuscript librarian. And at that time, the library has a trust, the Auckland Library Heritage Trust. And Donald Kerr and Theresa Graham, who was the manager at the time of Special Collections, were working with the trust to try and raise the profile of the collection. It had never, the Reed's card catalogue had never even made it onto the computer catalogue, so it was actually quite, quite hidden. And they wanted to raise the profile of Dumas and of the collection, both within the library and internationally. It, he's not, um, there is a New Zealand connection, but he, you know, he's an international writer. So the project was called Célébrer Dumas, Celebrating Dumas. They put together a beautiful proposal. It was taken to Wellington by Teresa and Christopher Parr, who was chair of the Library Heritage Trust at the time, and presented to the French ambassador. And Julie passed on to Paris. And some time later, um, basically the French government agreed to support cataloguing and raising the profile of the collection. So it was done as a joint, joint project. I was seconded to the project because I spoke French and because of my cataloguing experience. And I worked with Lorna Douglas, who is another cataloguer, on that for two years. At times, it was, getting, it was quite hard work. Um, it, when you've cataloged the 30-second different version of The Three Musketeers, and it's probably the one in, in Danish as a comic, you know, you rather feel you've hit the wall. <laughs> but um, it, it was a very, very interesting project. And also, 2002, by which time we'd finished it all, that was the bicentenary of Dumas' birth, and the library did an exhibition which Donald and I curated, showcasing the collection. And then we had a, a dinner at the same time uh, to celebrate Dumas' birthday which was um, catered for by a French restaurant in Auckland, which is sadly no longer here. And we had various overseas visitors from France, uh, French, from the French Embassy. We had the minister, French Minister for Overseas Territories. And he was, came in on a Saturday afternoon and was delighted to see that the library was open and busy on a Saturday, because he'd been mayor of a town where it was hard to get the library to do anything, apparently. So he was delighted to see that. And that was actually a really nice reflection on Auckland libraries as well. Now, many um, listeners will be familiar with Alexander Dumas, Pierre and his romances, um, and the novels and the plays. But some would be very surprised that, that he actually worked on a, a number of uh, projects 
that actually had quite significant New Zealand connections, and one in particular was the uh, very famous uh, Captain Marion uh, Dufresne, mm -hmm. yep. and he edited that journal, Understand. Yes, um, Captain Marion, who was murdered in the Bay of Islands in the late 1700s, um, Dumas wrote a, a, a book called Drames, Drame de la Mer, Dramas from the Sea, and there were four accounts of different hair-raising things that happened at sea. And one of these was Captain Marion. And Reed translated it, and it was published in 1949 by Caxton Press. And there was only 150 copies of it made. So it's comparatively rare. So there was that one. There was The Whalers, Les Baleiniers, which is the story of Captain Felix, of Dr. Felix Maynard, who travelled in the Pacific on whaling ships in the 1840s and 1850s. And then there was one other, um, the Journal of Madame Giovanni. Madame Giovanni was the pseudonym. She was a French um, woman who travelled in the Pacific as well in the 1850s and Mexico. And she approached Dumas in France and asked him if he would publish her, edit and publish her diaries and journals, which he agreed to do. And he did take quite a lot of liberties, I suspect. But um, it was translated in 1943 and Reed wrote the introduction to that, and he was very helpful, I think, to the woman who did the translation. You spent quite a considerable time working with the catalogue and working with the collection yourself. Are there any personal favourites or pieces that stood out to you that you have a spe specific affection for? <laughs> it's quite difficult, actually, because the collection is so extraordinarily varied. I mean, I could say that it's the poster for one of the early Three Musketeers films or something like that, but... I, mean, I absolutely love the maps by Cassini of France. The, each sheet is cut into squares, which are then backed on linen. So when you fold them all up, you don't get those awful creases and maps that you do with a paper map. No, I mean, they're not Google, but anyway. But they're beautiful maps. They're topographical. They show forests, lakes, rivers, roads, churches of various sizes. And this is before the railways went to France. So it's like the full map of France done pre, you know, the time of the revolution of the of the empire really. Um, there's one of Dumas' plays called Caligula, so it's about Roman history, the mad Roman emperor Caligula, and it's not so much the play itself, but the fact of the actual printing of it that's in the collection. It was printed in Belgium the year after it appeared in France. I don't know if it was pirated or if it was an authorized printing. It's got paper, yellow paper covers, very flimsy. There's a little illustration at the beginning of the first page, which is very dramatic. And then at the end, in an envelope, there is a single sheet of the play written by Dumas. It's actually in his hand. It's about a half of a scene in Act Four. But at the bottom of that sheet, it said, this was owned by a man called um, Vicomte Spielberg de Leuvenjul, I don't know how you say it properly, who was a Belgian collector and supporter of Dumas towards the end of his life. He gave it to Charles Glenel, who was one of Dumas' earliest bibliographers. R.S. Garnett somehow acquired it from Glenel, and Garnett left it to Frank Reed. And it's this nice sort of going around. The history has got the writing of the play, the printing of the play, the provenance of it. It just encapsulates a lot about that aspect of the collection. And the last thing is the letter from Victor Hugo to Alexandre Dumas' son, Alexandre Dumas' feast in 1870, uh, where he talks about his father who was a friend and says, Alexandre Dumas seduces, fascinates, interests, amuses, instructs. 
And I think that summarises why Reed was so passionate from the age of 12 until his death about Juno. Sure, thanks, Kate.